Welcome to The Bridge. Fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Bridge. We are a show that connects East and West. My name is Jason. I am from San Francisco, California in the United States, although I am now living here in beautiful Wuhan, China. And you can call me by my Chinese name if you prefer, Shangguan Jiewen. And we are here today with... Baby! And baby, where are you? <laughs> Hi, I am in Beijing, my favorite city in the world. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. Today's topic... Public parks. Public parks. That's a random pick. <laughs> I love parks. Yeah. I, I chose this because I love parks.、Mm. I'm from San Francisco. Have you been there? I have actually for a visit. Lots of ups and downs, ups and downs. I wouldn't want to be driving. In San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, it's very hilly. <laughs> But it's, it's beautiful. You know, I got really good at parking there. I have to say, I'm a master at parallel parking in San Francisco on the side of a hill、mm-hmm. where people think it's like virtually impossible.、Right. I got really good at that. I'm very proud. But <laughs> I'm a little off topic. Golden Gate Park is this huge park in San Francisco.、Mm-hmm. Um, and it is absolutely this really beautiful park. It has you know, little streams. It's got a little hill in the middle. There's lots of grassland area where people are throwing frisbees. It looks like you know, one of those university parks, only just stretched、right. out really big.、Mm-hmm. And they also have another park in the Mission District called Dolores Park, which is way up on a hill. And you can see the whole Bay Area from there. It's really quite beautiful. Nice. Well, speaking of the、uh, Golden Gate Park, can I say something really silly? Yeah. So, like, what, when I first heard about the Golden Gate Park, I was, and there, there's you know, this huge bridge on it. I was expecting like a golden bridge or something, you know, just sparkling in the sun. And when I saw pictures of it, it's red.、Yeah. Like the red is kind of red. <laughs> so,、um, but I, I guess there's a reason for the name instead of calling it like the red bridge or something. What's interesting, <laughs> actually, the park right by the Golden Gate Bridge is called Presidio. Hmm. The Golden Gate Park is actually a huge rectangular park that's just a little south of there.、Mm-hmm. But you're right, the Golden Gate Bridge is red. What's really interesting, I, I watched a documentary about it. There's one family,、mm-hmm. like, a, like a family that they're actually, you know, biological family, and they are the ones that paint the bridge. They have a contract that gets renewed every really? year. And they go from one end of the bridge、mm-hmm. just painting really slowly, and it takes them a year or two、mm-hmm. to repaint the entire bridge. And when they get to the end, It's time to go to the, back to the beginning.、Hmm, interesting. I think that's really fascinating. I know. You know, that wouldn't be a very bad job. It's not a company, it's a family. <laughs> it's,、uh, you, you do it in a nice view with yeah. things. Right, I mean, that's if, true. If you're not、yeah. afraid of heights. Interesting. There's a bridge here、hmm. in Wuhan where I am living now, and it looks a lot like it. So sometimes I、mm-hmm. ride my bicycle over there. It's not that far from my home, like a half an hour ride, and it looks like the Golden Gate、hmm. Bridge. It's very similar. So I go check that out. So there is the Changjiang Bridge, right? The Changjiang, Changjiang Daqiao. And there is the,、uh, I know there is the Arqiao. It's like the second bridge on, over the Yangtze River. So is, are these names familiar?、Mm. Changjiang Daqiao, Changjiang Arqiao. I, actually,、mm-hmm. I, they're not familiar to me. I was told by a local who grew up here that there are、mm. 11 bridges. I've only seen like six or seven of the really big bridges,、mm-hmm. but there must be like 
you know, dozens and dozens of smaller bridges because there are little estuaries and rivers and creeks and stuff mm. everywhere here in Wuhan. It's full of water. But we're way off our point. Parks. Yes, back to parks. <laughs> So Dolores Park, another beautiful park. So when I came to I came to live in Beijing, where you're living now, mm-hmm. I immediately was like, where are the parks? You know, I want to go to the parks. Hmm. So everyone told me about Chaoyang Park, Chaoyang Gongyuar. Right, it's and huge. And that's where I went. Yeah, it's this huge park. It's actually a, probably about the same size as the Golden Gate Park, maybe. Mm. Because you could walk around it for what seems like forever. Mm. And there's always a different p- place to explore. And, you know, eventually, you know, I spent most of my time when I lived in Beijing for the first few years Mm -hmm. just in the Chaoyang area Mm -hmm. because most people seem to live in that huge, densely packed area, the Chaoyang area. It's Wangjing and it has Shuangjiar and Samutun and all these other places. It's like the more modern parts of Beijing. Right, yeah. everyone In downtown, you know, mm. Guamao is there, like, with all the skyscrapers. Right. Uh, the CCTV tower, which I think is beautiful. I don't I don't like it that it gets called pants. <laughs> Why did you have to explain? <laughs> I yeah. actually took a course on, like, architecture in the U.S., and they were, mm. like, at the end of it, there was, like, showing the CCTV tower, and they were saying, this is going to mm. be built someday. And I was like, wow, look how amazing this structure mm. is. So when I came to Beijing to appreciate it, and then immediately Chinese people yeah. were like, oh, we just called that the pants. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? Yeah. Well, <laughs> my impression is um, I-, I really wouldn't want to be standing like right beneath it because I don't know how it's holding up. Uh, I'm sure that it's very safe and stable and people <laughs> have been working there inside for years now. Um, but still, is I-, I get a little worried. Mm. It- it's very unique, though. Right? You do remember it. Yeah. It is very. It looks like something out of a science fiction movie. Well, for us, it's just the pants. I'm sorry. <laughs> it got that name, like, from the, <laughs> from the beginning, and it just stuck. So, anyhow. <laughs> you know, in Chaoyang, there are all these little tiny pocket parks everywhere. Mm. There are like little parks in addition to this park and other park. But I, after I'd lived there for a while, I was riding my bike along on the west side of Beijing and I found this park called Yuyuantan Park. Yes. Are you familiar? Yeah. I had been living in Beijing, I don't know, six or seven years when I finally just mm-hmm. like, what's this thing? Oh. Oh my gosh. And it's this <laughs> it mass, super massive park with this huge lake in it and these bridges. And like, it's it's just like, wow, where has this thing been hiding this entire time? I guess Beijing is really big. <laughs> yeah, well, it's on the western side. Yeah, exactly. It is big. And also, um, have you been to that park in the in the spring? Yes, yes. Because they have a lot of these cherry blossom trees. Yes, I was there during it. And it's like pink. It was amazing. Yeah, it's like... When the wind was blowing and the, it was a little bit late in the mm-hmm. cherry blossom like season, it was like raining mm. petals. It was raining flower petals. Yes, exactly. There are all these la- young ladies dressed up in their old Chinese clothes. Yeah. It was amazing. Uh-huh. Oh, these ancient like Hanfu, right? Dresses. Exactly, yes. It was so beautiful. They go really well with that background. They're all standing there, like taking pictures and selfies with each other, and it's just like hundreds of people with and it's raining right. flowers on people. It was just <laughs> gorgeous. Um, I realized the purpose of you know, parks in the city after I became a mom. Because uh. <laughs> before that, I didn't really visit parks a lot. It's like, why do you carve up such, you know, a huge 
space. Um, there's like nothing really in there. Um, but you know, after you have kids, um, you discover、mm. why. And every time you, you know,、uh, bring your kids there, there are all these other、mm. families. Because you know, what, what do you do with little kids, <laughs> right?、Um, I guess they can go to the malls, and there are all these、um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. play areas. Um, they have these indoor play areas, but then you want、mm-hmm. your kids in the sun, and so you know it makes sense、um, why we have so many parks in the city. And my cousin, my cousin lives、mm-hmm. very close to Yuantan Park,、mm-hmm. just like a few minutes walking distance. And her kid, her daughter, practically grew up in Yuantan Park. Wow! Because every day, you know, they wake up. Her grandparents, like my aunt and uncle,、um, they take care of her daughter for her. During the day when she's at work, so they would have breakfast and they would change and off to the park, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then they spend their morning in the park until lunchtime. Come back, eat a meal, and go back to the park. <laughs> and the park is so big that you don't feel like you're just you know repeating、mm-hmm. the same scenery. You can always go off to somewhere different, and there are, you know other grandparents with their kids. It's it's a very Chinese scene, I suppose. Probably a little strange for you with all the grandparents and the and the babies and toddlers. I think it was lovely. Actually, my wife and I move every year or so, and、uh, our last year、mm-hmm. in Beijing, we moved to a, play- a neighborhood called Ganjiakou, which is、Aww. just to the north of Yuyantan Park. And、okay. so we got to spend a little bit of time there. And、mm-hmm. you're right, yeah. In the weekdays, when everyone's at work, it's a little quieter.、Mm. But on the weekends, it is just rammed with like <laughs> all year round. Yeah. But what I found really interesting is there are these huge placards on the so- north side of the lake. And there are all these photos that they're constantly updating、hmm. of like who has taken the most beautiful picture.、Oh. And if you look around, there are a lot of really older people.、Mm. I would say retirees、mm-hmm. with huge, super expensive looking、yeah. cameras <laughs> competing. Sometimes there'll be like a hummingbird in a tree,、mm-hmm. and there'll be like five elderly people all holding these like massive, super expensive looking cameras, all、right. taking pictures of the same hummingbird. <laughs> I think that's really great that you know. The- Or like lotus flowers in the summer.、Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen pictures. Yeah, there are these contests for、mm-hmm. uh, you know photographies of beautiful sceneries and like fish jumping out of the water,、mm-hmm. like eating、mm-hmm. the flowers, things like that. I remember like where my parents,、uh, where we lived,、um, there is this park. It's next to a university, but the parks are different. You know, like in the back in the states, the parks seem more、um, natural. You know, it's it's not like as man-made in a way, and you do have these、um, trails, and there are these like equipments, usually wooden ones, along the trail. But otherwise, they don't seem like、um, th- they've been worked on a lot. You know, it's just natural scenery.、Mm-hmm. But here, the parks, you know, there are like cement walkways, and there are these uh, metal <laughs> uh, exercise machines. Um, and as you mentioned, there are like these、um, photo photography contests where they、mm-hmm. post the results and all kinds of things. So the feel, you know, they're quite different, don't you think? I think that you're onto it. Something interesting, you know, America as it's developed has a much smaller population, and it, all of the modern infrastructure or even in, any kind of infrastructure is relatively new.、Hmm. What you're saying is dead on. You know Babaoshan、yes. to the west of Beijing, northwest.、Hmm. Yeah, that's like a temple complex, kind of large hill, small mountain.、Hmm. 
Hmm. And it's obviously been curated for a couple of thousand years. So there are all these like Buddhist temples and Taoist temples and things all, all on your way up the mountain. Of course, they have like the mm-hmm. sledding down from the top na- now. So obviously, that's very recent. Hmm. But it's very curated because it's been, you know, the area has been inhabited for so long. Whereas like mm-hmm. uh, European people, at least, have not lived in North America except for the last few hundred years. And the curators of North America before that left it more in its natural state. Mm. So, yeah. But it's beautiful in its own way. It's just mm-hmm. here, it's, I think it's more lively in a way. There is more of a human touch. Um, uh, well, I guess that's one reason, because over there in the States, it's not as densely populated and not as, as many people use those parks. You'll see people like, you know, jogging or taking a walk. But like in China, this is where people go like take their kids, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> um, and spend, they can spend the whole day there. Yeah, my, my wife so. and I do that too. We, we like loved going to par- parks, also hiking. You know, Phoenix Mountain in Beijing, north in the north, far northwest? Uh, I've heard of it. I don't think I've ever been there. Don't know the Chinese name. It's like a good day hike. I think. Yeah, well, mm. well done. There's a, there's a Taoist temple there, no, a Buddhist temple there that's relatively modern, founded by some mm. professors from Tsinghua University but at the base. Huh. But you can hike up the mountain and down mm-hmm. in like a day. It takes like a day. Or if, you, if you're really hoofing it, you could probably do it in like six or seven hours from the top, mm-hmm. from the bottom to the top, back to the bottom. Mm. It's, it's absolutely lovely. And it's far less curated, I think. In fact, mm. nine, there are 9,200 protected areas. 18% mm-hmm. of the total land mass in China is under some protected area system that China mm. has devised. And there's uh, all kinds of different layers to that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that you've been to some of the places like Baboshan, mm. where it says UNESCO Heritage Site. And there are a ton of those in China because there's so much history in China to protect. So um, my wife and I recently went to a mountain called Wudang Shan or Wudang Mountain. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah. We That's went- where they um, have the Taoist temples and Taoist practice, right? It's known for that. Yes, exactly. Hmm. Right. Yes. Tell us about it. Well, it's it's lovely and it's exactly how you described. There are all these Taoist t- temples there. Hmm. There's one in particular called Purple Heaven Temple that I thought was... Purple Heaven. Outrageously beautiful. You know, like as a Western person, mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot of times we see this ancient Chinese architecture in a kind of romantic way, hmm. something that we don't have. And so when I went there and I saw all of this really, actually, some of the buildings in Purple Heaven Temple are some of the oldest preserved temples of that style. So they're like 2,000 years old. They're so mm. stunning. There's these huge pots of water mm. everywhere with buckets around them. Wait, with buckets? And you could imagine why. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. If there's a fire, everyone right. needs to save these buildings immediately. Mm. You know, they're so important. It's obviously UNESCO. It's protected heritage site. So there are a lot of places like this all over China where it's like, it's so pristine. It's so beautiful. Mm. And, you know, they're not hotels on you know, this next to the Taoist temple. Was it hard to get to the, like, Wudang Mountain? Did you go by train? And did you have to, like, transfer? I've never been there. Well, I mean, from, from here, from Wuhan, we just took one fast train. But you might have to transfer one stop from Beijing, I imagine, maybe. Mm-hmm. But once you get mm-hmm. there, we took a taxi from the train station, like, 10 minutes. 
and there were hotels at the base of the mountain outside of the a- the area. Mm. And then the entire mountain is mm-hmm. controlled by the same, I don't know, part of the government or a company, I'm not sure. But you, you pass through the gate, mm. and they have a bus system. Once you pass through the gate, they know you've paid, and you can get on and off of any bus mm. without a pass. You're just like, okay, we're inside. Oh, okay. And then the buses take you ba- mm-hmm. basically everywhere. Hmm. Um, was it expensive? The ticket? I actually don't remember, but it was not <laughs> cheap. It, it, it was like a couple hundred yuan. So I guess that's okay. like 30 or 40 bu- bucks in mm. US dollars. That's not that much to pay for like access to a mountain. You know, mm-hmm. they're not just one temple. Like you mentioned, there are like a lot of different temples there. Mm-hmm. And on the peak, oh, I, I should mention Tai Chi actually comes from this mountain. Mm. This is where it was invented. Mm-hmm. So that's another reason for you know, people to maybe go there. But, you know, Wudangshan is just one of many UNESCO heritage sites that are protected. Mm-hmm. And China has them all over the place. As, a, as someone co- who comes from a different country, one of the things I want to do is see as much of China as I can, which is weird because when <laughs> I was living in the United States, mm-hmm. it wasn't as much of a priority. Right. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Grand Canyon's there. Sure. Maybe I'll go there someday. Maybe that's <laughs> what I experienced because I was just watching um, some of your videos on Billy Billy mm. and also your blog. I was reading your blog. I was like, wow, he's been to like more places in China than I have. <laughs> and he's been like, you know, studying these different areas where, you know, like I, uh, I grew up in Wuhan, actually. Wow. Yeah. But I don't really know the city as well. It's like just a place you grew up, you mm. know? You don't go find out its historical sites. <laughs> or you don't go where the tourists right, go. Yeah. You know, I've been to the uh, Huanghelo. I've uh, probably been once. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, you go up and walk around and then get down. <laughs> it's so normal. Mm. It's just mm. part of your landscape. Mm. Um, so you don't take the time to study. But then when we travel, you know, to other countries, then you do all these research and you go to all these places that everybody think you should yeah. go so i guess maybe um maybe that's why and it's great because now you have all these details that you can offer like i i, I don't know about them <laughs> <laughs> one thing i noticed last year was there were a lot of sandstorms and I understand that they come where in, in Beijing. Sa- you remember sandstorm? The sandstorms. Really? Sandstorms? Yeah, sandstorms. You remember now? when the sky turned yellow last spring? Well, yeah, that's like ten years ago. I haven't experienced one in what, like, uh, for years. Wait, you lived in Beijing for like nine years, ten years? About nine, yeah. About about nine years, yeah. Yeah. So maybe at the beginning, you had experiences. No, with that. no. I mean, at the beginning, there were no sandstorms. I mean, there was specifically. I think it was. The spring of this this year, yeah, and there were like three days of the sky turning yellow. Oh, this year, yes, yes, yes. and that was really odd. It was really because odd, right? everybody was wondering exactly, yeah, because yeah. we were like, wait a minute, we got this problem solved, exactly, <laughs> and we haven't had that for at least well, I feel like at least five or six years. Hmm. And then we were like, I remember we were checking online to see why this was happening, and it turned out it was from. Um, like Mongolia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, they, like it blew all the way to here. So, um, but we were, you know, if it was not because of the pandemic, um, I think we would have forgotten to wear, you know, wear our masks were. Because years <laughs> ago, five, maybe five years ago, you know, sometimes on the bad days, we would take our masks, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, it was a normal sight. And then people just starting, 
I guess we just forgot about it because it got so much better mm. and uh, no one was talking about smoggy days anymore mm. and we for- just it was just like you know not really part of the scene anymore until the pandemic of course and everybody was like wait we have masks at home <laughs> they're just like at the bottom of some drawer <laughs> and we had to dig i didn't out. at that point it had been so clear for so long we didn't have masks and we had to right. ask our friend in shanghai to send us some oh exactly. he was posting look how many masks we have and in a box on his WeChat, <laughs> like could you send us some masks, please? <laughs> we- <laughs> They're probably expired, but but it was a good thing in a way because um, it's been, you know, the, the smog and uh, environmental issues was like a thing of the past, mm-hmm. you know, well, well, five years ago, maybe. When I first uh, came to Beijing, I remember it was a working day. I was in the office and when I looked up, the sky was like orange. Mm. <laughs> this was at least, I think it was 10 years ago. Mm. And I was so shocked. I was like asking my coworkers, I was like, oh, what's going on? Like, <laughs> are we on Mars or something? And they were like, oh, it's just, you know, a sandstorm. It happens. Um, it's not, you know, too odd in the spring season. So that happened a couple of times. Um, but then, you know, it's uh, maybe starting five or six years ago, no more sandstorms. So that's why it was well, odd when it happened. This part spring. of that is because the central government actually started something called afforestation, which is like the opposite of deforestation. And on the edges of the Gobi Desert, right. all around it, you know, to, on the east, the west, and the south side, you know, there was a, mm-hmm. a concerted campaign to plant plants everywhere. And millions right. and millions of trees and bushes and things that could survive there were planted all around to uh, sort of yes. contain the desert to some extent. And a little bit they, to, to pull it back. Mm-hmm. So it was actually, it shrunk just a little bit on the edges so that more forest could like contain the desert to some extent. And that helped a lot with this kind of thing that yes. you're, we're talking about now. I think uh, reforestation um, and also, especially the uh, greening of the desert, as we say mm-hmm, in Chinese, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's been a huge project in China for um, for years and actually for decades. It's just the public uh, didn't know much about it until, you know, we had the Internet and we can see videos and articles from the uh, from the past. And also you heard about um, this uh, ant forest. No, I'm not familiar. Are you familiar no, with no, that? No, please teach us. It's something... Um, I, I don't know a lot about it, but it's like, um, uh, something done by Alibaba. Like you can donate, um, either money or sometimes like if you, on WeChat, you track how many steps you've been walking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if you have been very active, let's say you have like 20,000 steps, you've done 20,000 steps a day, you can donate some of that, mm. um, and to plant trees in the desert. And also, I think there are like, you know, small amounts from your purchase you can donate to um, reforestation or planting plants in the desert. Mm-hmm. So it's been a huge effort. Um, and there's this particular plant that we hear a lot about. I think the Chinese name is suo suo, some, the, the name of the plant. And it's like um, when they plant it, it doesn't even look green. Mm-hmm. But it's very good at surviving in uh, desert areas. Um, I wasn't prepared to talk about this, but I just I've seen videos Mm -hmm. of uh, a lot of people with, you know, their jobs for decades have been planting in the desert. Mm -hmm. Uh, From the videos that I've seen, they kind of um, there's huge areas in the desert and they draw out these like grids. So you have little squares Mm -hmm. in the desert. 
Yeah,、mm-hmm. and then they have、uh, in the past they would just take you know people just take a stick and kind of drill out a hole and then plant this plant inside and they would have to carry water. Um, from the back of their trucks or motorcycles, and to to water these plants. And nowadays, there are like、uh, machines for them. You know,、mm. there are these little cars, vehicles they drive over and they and they plant the plant. And、uh, more efforts and more money have been devoted to that. And I remember the stories I saw on TikTok. I was very touched.、Um, there was this couple who chose to to remain. Um, uh, you know, living in the desert after their retirement. I think the man was like a village head of the village,、mm-hmm. and um, and it was in a very dry place. I mean, the desert, and so <laughs> it wasn't you know flush and things like that. So he could have chosen to move to the city. Um, after retirement, there that's where their kids were, but he and his wife they chose to stay and to plant trees.、Mm-hmm. In the desert, and they've been doing that. By the time the video was made, I think they've been doing that for eighteen years,、mm-hmm. and I think they've、um, they've used up or was it twelve or eighteen motorcycles during that period.、Wow. But I think I think the most amazing thing about this couple that I saw online who were planting、um, plants—they weren't really trees, you know—they、mm-hmm. were just like these. Uh, shrubs that could grow in the desert、mm. is this sense of contentment,、mm. you know,、uh, and happiness. They were they were together, you know, their love <laughs> between、mm. them. Not because、um, they've been husband and wife for decades, but because they share something. Like they share a vision, you know.、Mm-hmm. Who else would、um, stay with you? Uh, to live in a place where there was like nothing, you know. I don't know if they had running water or other things. There are certainly no shopping malls or coffee houses nearby.、Mm. But they had this common purpose, and they wanted to replant this area. And I remember the guy saying he's probably in his late sixties or early seventies.、Um, he was saying how when you know when they were little, this place was green. You know, it, it was、mm. nature. It was beautiful, but in the decades of、uh, his life,、uh, becoming an adult and working years, having kids, he saw the change in this area, and he was like, "It's my responsibility. It's our responsibility to give、um, the green color back to our kids and to our green kids."、Mm. So even though they had like nothing. You know, they、mm-hmm. they they probably wore the same clothes for for years, and you know they rode on the motorcycle until you broke, and they get a new one. There's really nothing to、uh, to to show off of, but they were content. You know, they had、mm. a purpose in life, and they were doing what they think was worthy of their time. It was very very touching, and of course they they did they did make a huge change. You know, a lot of people are doing this now, but. A lot of people are doing、right. this on a smaller scale. I see like pictures、mm. on my WeChat of people who have gone out and they just plant for the day. So they like oh, I, there's a bunch of cars parked and th- there's reforestation, which is what you're talking about, where it used to be、mm. green. And then there's afforestation、mm-hmm. where they're planting where maybe plants haven't existed for thousands or tens of thousands of years,、mm. and it's a completely different、right. kind of ecosystem. So you have both going、mm. on at the same time in China. Where people are actually, I think China has actually reforested or afforested more than any other nation in the world at this point, and I think that、oh. is one of the reasons now that there's way less AQI, right, 
than there was, and the AQI is considerably lower. For people who don't know what that term means, it just means the air, quality of the air is considerably better now than it was in the past. Mm -hmm. There used to be days where, yeah, it was hundred in the hundreds, and now it's usually below 100 in most major cities in China. Like, we don't even check anymore. <laughs> we used yeah, to, like, yeah. go on the website to, to check out the number for the day. We haven't been doing that for years. And also, um, uh, when you get to Beijing, I'm sure you've noticed this, you know, coming from the uh, the airport, which is mm. to the northeastern edge of Beijing and driving into the city, mm. you see these belts of greenery, mm, mm, just mm. Uh, kilometers after kilometers of lines of trees. And they are, they're so neat, you know that they've been planted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they kind of guard the, the highway. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe the first time or the first few times that I came back, I didn't really notice it. So they're probably pretty new, but it's another effort. You know, it's another way mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. protecting the city. You just see trees everywhere. And also back to parks. Um, it took me a long time to discover how many, well, just, how, I don't know the number, but it seems like there are so many parks in Beijing. Mm. And the first time we were talking about it was uh, my aunt. My aunt, she uh, lived and worked in Wuhan for decades. And mm -hmm, then mm -hmm. she came to Beijing to help my cousin take care of her daughter. And I remember her talking, she's like, so many parks in Beijing, parks <laughs> everywhere. And then I started to notice. Yeah, because I didn't really pay attention to that. I find that, that surprising mm -hmm. because Wuhan also has a lot of parks. You know, next to the river is almost mm -hmm. all park. In addition to their regular public park system elsewhere, they have they have like this place called a uh, Wuhan Gar Flower Garden, which is like right. looks like a French villa surrounded by flowers and trees. Huh. And it goes on for acres. It's like as big as Shanghai Disneyland. And then they also have. Wow. I mean, so Beijing does have a lot of parks, and some of those parks are actually like built around temples and things. So they're like really ancient. Mm. But you know, I mm -hmm. think a lot of Chinese major cities have parks. I was reading an article about Shanghai has these things called pocket parks. And so they have these little nice. parks all over Shanghai that are mm. like 10 meters by 10 meters with like a fountain in them. 10 meters? But yeah, they're small parks. You know, actually, you know. It's like a little apartment. <laughs> there's another park that we haven't talked about. And that's the ones that are in our Shaochu, our communities, have their hmm. own parks too. Right. So all the residential yes. compounds throughout the city, they also uh -huh. have their own parks. So actually, if you put all of that together, there's actually a really enormous amount of Beijing and Shanghai and Wuhan and other major cities that is just trees. No, I was thinking, um, I'm glad you mentioned it because uh, here in Chinese cities, we go by communities. Mm -hmm. Well, in the States, we have neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then usually there's like a park outside the neighborhood. And the neighborhood is kind of a, like, a um, rather, it's a loser idea. But here in China, like, the communities, uh, a lot of them have, like, walls. So mm -hmm. it's like a walled-in, gate-in community. Mm -hmm. uh, not in a scary way or anything. It's just like, you know, <laughs> this is one pocket of residential buildings, and then there's another pocket of residential buildings. And inside these communities, um, there are always like the, like a central area where people gather, right? Where you take your kids during the day, and there's usually some water and trees mm -hmm. and greeneries mm -hmm. and maybe some fake, uh, not fake, but like stone fake mountains. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I've they, seen that too, yeah. Um, yeah, like we have a nice area. With waterfalls, sometimes, yes. There was a place I lived in, Panjayuar, that had its own waterfall inside the community. It was only like a two-story waterfall, and it was man-made, <laughs> yeah. but it was like very lovely, and people, you know, would accumulate there and like play with the yes. kids and stuff. 
like we have in our in my community we have couple ponds there's like um they're diff- they're not like as big as lakes but they're just big ponds and in the summertime it's filled with lotus leaves and flowers mm-hmm. and with circada screaming in the background you know that's my impression of china chinese summer yeah, Chinese summer. It's very beautiful. No, I mean, the cicadas are delicious. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I've never tried them. Wait, you can eat them. You have? I had never eaten anything like that. My my wife's uncle always orders them when we go what? out to dinner. So, I, you know, I tried them. They're really delicious. I know they look all alien-like and the texture is a little weird, but they taste like steak. Steak? Really? Oh, my goodness. Like they have that protein-y kind of taste. Yes. Yes, they... They're actually really good. You should give it a try. Um, I know that last summer, <laughs> last summer in, in the United States, parts of the United States, they have this like circada disaster or something. Yeah. They're like billions of them. And I remember um, I, I see people, you know, in my friend circle showing off their roasted circadas. But <laughs> anyhow. <laughs> And I was reading your blog and you mentioned, was it on your blog? You mentioned this uh, sculpture park. Do you remember sculpture park on the western side of Beijing? Yeah, there's a place called Shijingshan. And right there, there's a, a place. Actually, you're, as a mom, you're going to appreciate this. There's a park mm-hmm. just north of that where it's like uh, for learning instruments. And they teach cello and violin and they have dance and painting classes and stuff. But just to oh. the south of there, there's this huge strip of a park that's actually really mammoth. And mm. it is full of sculptures. And the sculptors are from everywhere, from the United States. They're from mm. Russia. They're from, like, Albania. They're from Pakistan. Mm-hmm. They're from China. They're from everywhere. And there are sculptures all over the park, like hundreds of sculptures. And some of them are like, right. wow. You know, they really make you think. <laughs> they might reframe your your aesthetic of art because there are so many of them. It's It's really lovely. See, I actually lived by that park for years. And for me, it was just like, you know, a park. And, um, I mean, I would go there and I would, uh, my daughter was little at that time. We would, you know, uh, take her in her stroller and we just uh, walk around in the park. There are usually people um, jogging and also, you know, older retired people playing instruments and singing like Peking opera. <laughs> yeah. And there yeah. are. And they play saxophone and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, whatever fancy skills they've got. And also, I've uh, seen um, people exercising with the whips. You know about that, right? Yes, yes. The huge they chain. They take these giant... <laughs> I know. Snapping chain. What was that? My first year, I was like, what is that sound? <laughs> and there's this elderly guy, like, beating this chain out in front of my community. I was like, wow, okay. That's a thing here, I guess. <laughs> it must be very distressing. I think it's a probably very distressing exercise. But anyhow, I read an article. Um, I don't remember if it was even in Chinese or English, probably like for tourist sites. And it was, you know, it had a long article about the sculptures in the park and how unique it was. And I was like, what? I actually live, you know, next to a unique place. <laughs> it's just like when you are, you know, when you take things for granted, right? Mm, mm. You you live near the, you, you can go there every day and you never bother to read what's written, you know, in front of the, um, the, the carvings, the stone plaques, whatever you call it, in mm. front of the statues. But if you're a tourist 
and you come all the way, you know, to the west side of、uh, west side of Beijing to visit this park, you'll pay more attention.、Hmm. So <laughs> I felt a little guilty. It was like, oh, <laughs> I didn't really、um, take full use of the park, but it, it's it's very nice. I could tell you the same、mm-hmm. story. My my mom eventually, when she was a little bit older, she moved to this town called Oakdale, and I spent some time、oh. there with her. You know, a few months here and whatnot. And it's、mm-hmm. really close to Yosemite National Park, which is one of the most、nice. well-known parks. I never went, even though I was like <laughs> I could get in a car and drive forty-five minutes and be in Yosemite National Park. It was just like, oh,、right. it's just one of those things. It's there, but like people travel right, right. from Europe and from Asia to go there. <laughs> but it, you know, when you're forty-five minutes away, it's a different feeling. You know, it doesn't feel the same.、Um, I think like for people who love photography. Not only will they go there, like from the other end of the world, they will like camp there, and they will、mm-hmm. wait for hours for the light to strike strike the waterfall at a certain angle, or <laughs> you know, at a certain time of the day, and and they get a perfect picture out of that. So yeah, that's how I guess we take things for granted. But next time I go back, I no longer live near the、uh, the sculpture park. I think the next time I go back, I'll pay more attention <laughs> to all the great things that I missed in that park. Yeah,、um, so it's actually not too far from the Yuantan Park that you mentioned. The, the, those two are really close together. Have you are you familiar with the、uh, old industrial area on the far west? It's just inside the sixth ring. There's this old industrial、mm-hmm. area that they've turned into a park recently in the last two or three years. It's, and actually, I think they're going to do、mm. some of the Winter Olympics there. But they've repainted、oh. all of these factories that were used in the '50s and '60s、mm-hmm. to look all shiny and new and just be like visual icons. And they have like a skate park there,、yeah. and people go like do photography there because all of the factories are like shiny and new with like glass boxes around、mm-hmm. the elevators and stuff. Like actually, they're just it's like. Edgier, yeah, yeah. you know. There's an edgier feel to、mm. it. The, I remember we went there for some kind of activity、um, as like a group outing、uh, when I was w- working at the radio station, and we went to one inside one of these factories. You know how some modern companies、mm-hmm. um, they will actually choose to base their offices in these、uh, like empty buildings、mm-hmm. where. Cement. The walls are just cement, and you have steel. I think it's called brutalism. That's the、uh, the name of the art.、Yeah. Really, there's a name for that. Yeah, it's called brutalism. It's like concrete walls.、Yeah. Yes, and then they they show like um、uh, like this these steel tubes or things that were part of the factory, and they you know didn't bother to renovate. So there's this very odd but、um, manly look to the to the factory、mm. to the to the office. Anyhow, it was a feel that they were going for, and I think it works out quite nice. Maybe for the for the younger, you know, generation, they, they think it's a cooler place to go. So <laughs> I've I haven't been that to that part of Beijing for years now. So I moved to the to the north, which is like a park in itself、mm. <laughs> because it's a、uh, it's less populated,、mm-hmm. and、um, there we it's closer to the wall, it's closer to the Great Wall, right? Which is itself a park. I know, like the whole area feels like a park compared to inner city Beijing.、Mm. But I actually we discovered two parks nearby, but then they sort of blend into、um, the rest of the area, so they don't really stand out too、mm. much because there are not as many tall buildings around.、Mm. So interesting, you know. I never really thought about how many parks are、um, they have here in Beijing. Apparently, we have a lot of resources.
you know, if you want to do research in parks. I actually did. I was really trying. Like you mentioned my blog. My wife and I spent mm. a couple of years, the last two years, after we discovered Yuyuantan Park. I shouldn't say discovered. We found mm. it, right? Um, we were like, <laughs> oh, well, how many other parks are there that we don't know? And we spent like a couple of years mm. trying to see the parks. And what was really surprising was wow. we went out like most weekends to do this. After two years, we mm -hmm. hadn't finished. And we were like, okay, but we've done enough. Seriously? Where we're just like, we're going to give up now. You know, that's enough. Mm -hmm. But there were just so many parks everywhere. I mean, Beijing is huge. I don't think a lot of people in the U.S. understand that. It's like, it's its own mm. province. It's literally its own province. So <laughs> the, the, the ring roads we mentioned, you know, the first couple of ring mm -hmm. roads are actually close together. And then it just, they get broader and broader until you get to what I guess you would call the seventh ring road. And there are places out, out mm. way outside of Beijing that, you know, have to drive for an hour and still Beijing, technically. It's outside of the city mm. Beijing, but it's inside the province mm -hmm. Beijing. And like, there are just mm. so many like cave parks and like, you know, mountain parks everywhere and Buddhist temple parks and Taoist temple parks. Ah, uh, right. Just so much. Those of, are like the more the natural. Yeah, they're very. Uh, in more natural settings. Well, some of the, you're familiar what is it i can't remember the name of it is it tianzhe tanjuesi tanjuesi that's right tanjuesi yes that's like it's, I've been it's there very once. curated yeah there's a phrase mm. in chinese maybe you know it it goes so first we built tianjuesi then we built beijing it's like first the temple came oh. and then the beijing city came and that temple is actually like hmm. almost two thousand years old it was apparently built before most of the modern complexes in beijing itself were built you know so much more <laughs> than I know there's a Tanjus. Oh, yeah, because I'm yeah. a tourist. I'm like, oh, there's a, there's a temple there? I'm a tourist. I must go there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were like, oh, you know, maybe one of the days we will go. But luckily, I actually went there. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's a little far from the inner city places, but probably closer to um, the Fragrant Mountain, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fragrant Hill is. Park. That is also very it nice. It is very, very um, lovely. Lots of people go lots there. Lots of people. And these are like big parks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you, you can spend like a whole day there. More um, than a day. And there are like, yeah, restaurants and stuff when you are done hiking. Um, so definitely. And inner city, I don't know as much about um, like the smaller parks inside the city, but I think um, all these, like each neighborhood, should, probably they're not too far from parks. Because, you know, retired people, they have to have somewhere to go, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? Places where they can exercise, yeah. they can um, get together to play instruments. Yeah. Showing off all their skills, uh, singing, dancing. Yeah, every, every neighborhood, yeah, has, seems to have malls and parks. That every neighborhood, mm -hmm. it's a requisite. Obviously, residential places, malls, and parks. Um, and I think the most touching thing, one of the most touching thing about being in China, um, where you can really sense the vitality, like how lively it is, is when you see, we call it square dance. Right? Square dance in Guangchang Wu, where people gather mm -hmm. usually mm -hmm. after dinner. Uh, like seven, between seven or nine, mm -hmm. where people, they, the they come in, in groups. Yeah, or on a just open space, mm -hmm. you know, in a park um, or on a square, anywhere, and they would gather to, to dance. They might not know each other. They're probably from um, the same neighborhood or surrounding neighborhoods. But when the music starts, you know, they all start dancing. And if you go often enough, you um, learn the routines, the steps, steps of the dance they usually do. And every time I see that, it's I just feel really touched. You know, you see how people enjoy their 
lives mm -hmm. and how they get together and the people are still connected and their sense of uh, community, um, not just inside each community, but across the communities. You don't have to know each other, right, to be able to dance in, in the parks or uh, to be able to exercise in the parks together, to be able There's to... Also a feeling of safety at night, you know, after the sun has set right. in these parks that you don't get as much in, say, Golden Gate Park. I would feel uncomfortable hmm. walking through Golden Gate Park at night alone because I honestly, hmm. I have been robbed in the United States at gunpoint oh. before. And that is something I seriously? don't really, yeah, seriously. I'm not going to tell the entire story today, but it wasn't fun. Huh. Um, but walking huh. through like Chaoyong Park after the sun sets, I'm not going to feel scared that someone's going to try to take my wallet or like attack me or use a weapon to doesn't doesn't happen. China is a very safe place generally. Mm -hmm. See, that's the funny thing because uh, I've seen uh, quite a few videos made by uh, foreigners living in China and talking about how safe it is, uh, especially at night here in China. See, that's something we don't think about. Mm. And it, it's not something we think about until we heard somebody else talking about it. We were like, wait, is that a thing? <laughs> like, isn't it supposed to be safe? <laughs> um, when I was still single, you know, I would go shopping a lot more. And I would go shop. I was living on the west side of Beijing. And I would go shopping on, in, in, a, in the middle, central Beijing, or even to the east side. And late at night, you know, after 9 or 10... Um, in these crowder areas, I couldn't get taxi when I couldn't get taxi and I just walk and I will walk for hours at night, um, usually along the Chang'an Avenue, which is really straight. So I wouldn't get lost. I would never thought about whether or not I was safe. It's just not something like we think about. Yeah. Until we hear other people, you know, especially foreigners living in Beijing talking about it. So we didn't know it was an issue, <laughs> but I guess it's something else that I take for granted definitely something pleasant it's one of the it's one of the reasons that i continue to live in china for so long the feeling of safety mm. that i i get here i don't want to give mm -hmm. that up and you know there is increasingly it seems like at least if you're watching the media because i don't actually mm. live in the united states anymore but increasingly it looks like there's violent crime and it's like ah, uh, i don't really want to go back where I, Oh, I mean, in the States. In the States. In the uh, States. So I'm like, I really just think I'm going to hang out here for now. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a nice place to hang out. Uh, I have to say, I don't, I, you know, sometimes I know people, the media, they say things about China for whatever reason, but I'm really happy living here. I think it's um, amazing. And. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. You'll never run out of things to to find out, right? To learn mm. about. And the people are so friendly. You know, like, that's something maybe, I, I, that that's something I have not been taken, you know, I, I don't take for granted. Can I ask um, you a How question? people are friendly. Sure. You lived in the United yeah. States. Where did you live about? Um, I lived, we started in New Jersey. So I went to high school in New Jersey. Wow. And then I went to university in, uh, like, upstate New York. And then mm. I worked for two years in New York City. Um, and then I was so sick of my job. <laughs> I just came back. <laughs> so in New um, England, that, that's the New England area. Are there mm -hmm. like a lot of public parks there? Uh, well, let's see. The, the whole place, I think, where we lived seemed like a big park to us um, as, you know, immigrants uh, from China. Because I lived in Wuhan before I went there. And mm -hmm. it was a lot more densely populated. Mm -hmm. But when we went to the States, they were like, 
no people. <laughs> it's like, where is everybody? <laughs> you know, you see cars, mm-hmm. you see houses, um, and once in a while, you see people walking their dogs. But then they're like, no people. <laughs> yeah, that's, so, the, that's the feeling it, in my mom's hometown too. It's like it's a yeah, popu- the population's so, ten thousand, but it's spread out over like a huge area. And so you walk. Uh-huh. I, I would walk outside in the morning to like go to like get a coffee or something. When I go back from right. China, and then I I, mm. I walk blocks without seeing anyone. I mean, I can see that there are cars and sprinklers and stuff. So there's obviously people living in the houses, but they don't really exactly. come out and walk, walk around that much. I think that's why one of the reason why maybe um, sometimes you don't feel as safe. That's the funny thing, you know, especially late at night. If you feel like the place is completely devoid of like human presence, you are a little scared. Right, because like no moving, living things around. But then, if uh, all of a sudden you <laughs> you you hear the sound of uh, a human approaching, <laughs> you also have the fear that you know it may be a bad person. It's just me and them. <laughs> yeah, so maybe that's why, because there are just not as many um, people there in the states, and sometimes that seems a little scary. But here in China, especially in a big city like Beijing, um, there's some, there's always some human presence, you know, near, not mm-hmm. too close to you. And that's one thing I like about Beijing is that you can choose to uh, stay in a quiet place. And you can also choose to go into the, you know, um, the more modern, the noise, more noisy, more active places, more fan- mm-hmm. like fancier places of parts of Beijing. You can you have the choice. Right. So, yeah. But back yeah, in the, there's so much different kind of cityscape everywhere. Yeah. Back in the States, I feel like it's just quiet everywhere. <laughs> well, at least the places <laughs> where where I lived. Um, and then when I lived in New York City, I was so busy, just buried with work that even though there are a lot of people around, I could have made a lot of friends, but I just didn't have the time. Um, to enjoy life at all. So it's, they have Central Park. Did you make it to Central Park while you were there? Yeah, yeah, we will walk through it. It's a nice place. But you know, I just I wasn't I was never really in the mood to enjoy it because because um, <laughs> work sucked. <laughs> like it was so terrible. <laughs> and we had to work extra time. So um, I don't think I had the time to enjoy the city but i mm. i mean i love the city i love new york city just the the feel of it you know it's just mm. full of energy and especially at night i remember one time um i was taking my best friend and we were walking uh, in central park and when you come out of it you know the northern end of it mm-hmm. um these tall buildings all these fancy you know international banks even at night every window is lit so mm. these whole buildings literally looked like gold bricks or silver bricks. And it was it was really stunning. And I remember there was this uh, skating rink inside mm-hmm. the, um, the the Central Park. And mm-hmm. at that moment, it was picture perfect. You know, mm. like uh, to our right, it was the, the skating rink, people skating inside. It was wintertime, very nice. And then when you look up, it's like golden bricks lined up <laughs> right in front of you. It's, it's beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, but except I just didn't have the leisure time to enjoy it. But beautiful mm. park, yeah. As long as we're talking about really beautiful landscape, I would like to make a recommendation for you. If you haven't already been, maybe you have. It's kind of closer mm-hmm. to where you live. You know, you're familiar with the uh, Olympic Park, yes, right? Yes, yes. It's huge. You know, there's these towers there. There's these huge, they call the Olympic Towers. 
You can go inside huh. those by paying, I think it's 280 kwai or something. And you, when you get to the top, you're at one of the highest points in all of northern Beijing. You can see huh. like Guamao from there and almost be at mm-hmm. the same height as some of the buildings there. If you have a good camera, it, it's amazing. Wait, do you mean those towers that look like nails? Yeah, they, they look like nails or like <laughs> some kind of weird plant or something. And they're, they're jutting up. I never found out what they were for. Like, why are they there? It's a viewing platform for the public? It's a viewing platform. I had no idea. <laughs> it's a viewing platform. Yeah, you can just go and pay to go up. And when you're, you're literally looking down at, what is that called? The, the bird's nest? The you're bird's nest. looking down at it. Yeah, and it's all lit up all the time. Huh. So it makes for amazing photography. You can see so much of Beijing there. I know there's mm-hmm. a couple other places where you can go into like sky towers in Beijing, but this is one of the best ones to go to. And it's closer to where you live. Uh, okay. Well, I, I think about that one. <laughs> there's a museum in the base too. In the base, there's a, like the, the main floor on the bottom before you go up. There's also a museum of Olympic torches and like Olympic huh. like related paraphernalia. And then you can mm. pay to go up top as well. Anyways, it's in the Olympic Park. Wow, you are like you're like the go-to person <laughs> for traveling around in Beijing. <laughs> I'm just I'm just trying to cover parks. There's <laughs> another park I want to talk about, and this is really cool to me. So I read this book. It's a children's book called like The Animal Bridge, and it's about how like the animals were really scared because there was construction going on. At the end, there was a bridge built over a highway for animals to go over. In uh-huh. the Olympic hmm. Park, there's Olympic Park and there's Olympic Park North. There's a highway or like a ring road that passes underneath it. And there's actually like a bridge that's made out of park. So it's covered in trees and flowers and stuff and pathways. And you can't even see the freeway or whatever it is. And you walk over to the south, the this huge freeway, and you end up in Olympic Park South. So for like hmm. squirrels or whatever, like they can, they can just migrate back and forth between these two super huge parks without being mm-hmm. bothered by the by the roads, which I think Wait, is, is really cool. I think I read that in the news somewhere. But now that you mentioned the Olympic Park, um, isn't it's just so big that I've never really seen the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like we've been to parts of it, right? There's the parts mm-hmm. where they have the uh, bird's nest. And the water cube. And then there are parts where it's more like there are more trees and flowers. And I remember taking uh, like my wedding photos there because <laughs> wow. it was so beautiful. Uh, but mm. then it's so big that I st- even to this day, I don't have a full picture of what the park is like because I think I've only been to like just small parcels of it. Um, it. It just seems really big. I think I had to go there like 20 times. Wow. Yeah, I went there so many different like, times. You guys travel so much. <laughs> It has been amazing talking with you today. Oh, well, same here, because you know so much about China. Like me, as someone who, you know, grew up there and considered it my home, I actually don't pay as much attention to the details. <laughs> but seeing it from <laughs> like a foreigner's perspective, um, you know, I realized that you can learn so much more about them. So thank you. And, uh, and also, you know, maybe you should tell people about your website. 
and also your videos where they can go and log on oh. to read your articles. Um, well, you can go to chinaandthenewworld.wordpress.com if you want to read my blog, or you can go to Shangguan Jiewen. It's called, you can just look up Shangguan Jiewen on Shigua and Toutiao and Douyin. And we're also on YouTube now. Wow, all over the place. Well, thank you, Shangguan. Is, is that how people call you, Shangguan? Or preferred name? Jiewen. Jiewen? Okay. Jiewen. Yes. Yeah. Well, you can call me Jason, Shangguan Jiewen. You mm-hmm. can call me Jiewen, or you can just say, hey there. <laughs> it's all good to me. <laughs> okay, hey there. <laughs> it's been nice talking to you, baby. All right, thank you. This has been a fun hour, and see you guys. This has been The Bridge. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye, Bye. Shangguan. See you next time. Bye.